Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, who is in for Brandon Kylie today. I'm Alex Ferrario. Got Tanner Hendrickson here as well. Always a pre- pleasure when we get the chance to catch up with Buster Olney from ESPN, who covers Major League Baseball. He joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Buster, it's been a while. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. What's going on? Not a whole lot other than the Cardinals seem to be leading the National League in wins this season. I mean, we knew that they were going to be a better team than last year when they acquired Nolan Arenado. But how surprised have you been by this team, Buster? Not wholly surprised. I picked the Brewers to win the division um, coming into the year, but you figured the Cardinals would be, at the very least, right there with them. Um, I think what's kind of cool about what they're doing so far this season is um, you know they're having success, and it's not as if you're looking up and down the lineup and saying everyone's got it going great, right? You figure you're going to get more out of Paul Goldschmidt as you go along. You're going to get more out of Paul DeYoung. You would assume, uh, just like during the off season, that the Cardinals would probably be the most aggressive team in the division in terms of adding before the trade deadline. So it's a great start for them. Buster, are the Cardinals proving just an age-old adage in the game of baseball that even in today's world of launch angles and all the extra metrics that pitching and defense give you the best chance to succeed? Exactly. (laughs) Right? Uh, And that'll help you overcome a lot. And you know what? In 2021, when you're seeing a a league-wide, the lowest league-wide batting average in the modern era since 1900, uh, the highest strikeout rate in the modern era, 24%, one of every four hitters basically is striking out. Uh, If you're a team that can play defense and you can pitch, you're going to be in good spot. And when you got Molina behind the plate, and you got Arnado playing third base and Paul DeYoung playing shortstop and Goldschmidt at first base, uh, you know, Harrison Bader in center field. You got a great defensive team. And it's cool to see Jack Flaherty, I think, uh, you know, becoming the, the pitcher we all, you know, expected that he would become. Buster, in your, your trips around the league and your conversations with executives and, and coaches, why are we seeing that when it comes to uh, the, the strikeouts and the batting average where it is? Is it a. Is it a is it almost a developmental approach that is kind of biting Major League Baseball in the butt right now, or is it just a wacky trend for this year? It's a, it's a great question. You know, I talked to Lance Lynn uh, for my podcast, um, and it's going to get posted tomorrow. But Lance was I asked him that. I said, when you pitch now and you see a swing from some of these guys for the first time, is it in your head like, oh, I got this? He basically said yes, 
because he knows, look, this is the approach that a lot of hitters are taking. You're going all or nothing, and for some hitters it makes sense, and for some hitters it doesn't, and some execute it better than others. There's also... Uh, you know the 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 chasing of the metric that we've seen with baseball, where teams are basically you know starting uh, having starting pitchers not face a lineup third time through, the increased use of relievers, uh, you know the high velocity that we're seeing around the game, and there are a lot of hitters that are struggling with that. And here's the other factor that you hear you know quietly from baseball executives is. Um, they really feel like that the pitchers have refined their use of foreign substances. And believe me, you know, (laughs) you can watch every single game and see pitchers, you know, applying, you know, whether it's pine tar or sunscreen or whatever, they're learning how to spin the ball better. You know, one general manager said to me, it's like they're throwing wiffle balls out there. And and he compared it to um, the steroid era in the 1990s for hitters, where the pitchers have become so dominant and so good at spinning the ball and beating hitters, that it's having a dramatic effect on offenses. Buster, only with us here of ESPN. Cardinals and Padres are on ESPN for Sunday Night Baseball. You can give Buster a follow on Twitter at Buster underscore only, O-L-N-E-Y. Buster, the pitching has been outstanding for the Cardinals this season, but so has the offense, and Arenado and Goldschmidt provided. I'm curious your thoughts on Tommy Edmond, because he, in my opinion, has been the MVP up to this point of the season for the Cardinals, being an ultimate utility man and being the leadoff hitter that the Cardinals desperately needed. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to the fan grabs page, and you see, you know, as you mentioned, you've got, you know, star power in Goldschmidt, star power in Arnato, uh, Paul DeYoung with his great history. Who's the guy leading the Cardinals in wins above replacement? It's, it's Tommy. Um, he, he's been terrific, and, you know, it certainly justifies, uh, you know, the choice they made during the offseason, what he's doing so far this year in letting Colton Wong go. Um, you know, and to, uh, I think I, I remember the first time being in the clubhouse and seeing him pass through, <laughs> and and you're like, huh, I wonder who that is. Is that like, do they have a new clubhouse kid who's here? And he even made some kind of joke to that effect when we first met. Um, you know, he went to Stanford, and Jessica Mendoza, who I was standing with, also uh, went to Stanford, and we were laughing about that. He doesn't look like, you know, someone who's going to jump off as being, you know, one of the best players in the National League Central because of his size. But there it is. He's been terrific. It, it kind of, I, I must be an, I might be an absolutely boring sports fan to some people in this because I try to, I just, I oversimplify sports a little too much, but. I'm never shocked in, in sports when once you give a player and they understand the role they're in, if a reliever knows that I'm coming in in these situations, how much better they are. A guy like Tommy Edmond that has been all over the infield, the outfield, all those different stuffs, now you've just put them in one spot primarily for this year where they know that's where I'm going. They know that's where I'm playing. When I go to the ballpark every day, I'm not worried about whether or not I'm in the lineup. I can just focus on the craft itself. Mm-hmm. It. It is such a critical piece to young players finding success, isn't it, Buster? Especially with young players. Look, I, you know, I've had conversations with Alex Cora this year about uh, you know guys on the Red Sox that he has, Kike Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez, utility players. Those guys are older. You know, they're like 30, 32. Um, on the other hand, you know, my teammate on Sunday Night Baseball, Alex Rodriguez, has talked about that. Uh, you guys remember when Chris Bryant was young and the Cubs right. would move him around. He was playing right field. He was playing left field. Alex's feeling always was just leave the guy at third base, hmm. and he's going to get more comfortable. So I think they're absolutely something to what you're saying. 
So with that, let me take you out of uh, the Bush Stadium here and around baseball on, on something. So it looks like we may get a chance a little later on today to see the number four overall prospect and Jared Kelnick, uh, you know, make his major league debut for the um, for for the Seattle Mariners. And and with that, it, does he fall in that same category? A guy with that tremendous with the bat, lauded before because of his great eyesight, of his ability to handle the plate, uh, a solid arm can play the outfield, but is this one where you plug the guy in and just let him go? Absolutely. Uh, and by all accounts, talking with folks around baseball, they think he's going to be a star. Uh, I can remember when the Mets made that trade. Uh, folks with other teams who you know didn't have a, a horse in the race were telling me that's, this is a disastrous trade. Um, you know, Brody Van Wagen, Van Wagenen was an agent uh, took over the Mets, told ownership he was going to try to win, uh, and traded essentially traded Jared Kelnick sight unseen because uh, he hadn't been with the organization that long. You know, for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz, this has a chance to go down as one of the worst trades. Maybe not as bad as Brock and Brolio, <laughs> but along those lines. Because Jared Kelnick already, you know, is, as you say, is one of the best prospects in baseball. An evaluator told me at the time the trade went down, look, this is Grady Sizemore in terms of the athleticism, the power, the speed, the whole thing. And, and what he demonstrated this spring, too, is that he's got some swag. Like, there's some confidence there. You know, he said during spring training, a guy who hasn't had a day in the big leagues, that he felt like his service time was being manipulated, which really speaks to the level of confidence for him. So... Uh, for the Mariners, an exciting day to have him break into the big leagues. Buster Sinks, we're on the topic of top prospects. Dylan Carlson, of course, coming into this season was a guy that everyone in St. Louis was excited to see and really Major League Baseball on an everyday basis. Has Dylan Carlson made a case for himself to be rookie of the year this year? Yep, early in conversation for sure. You know, I can't, I haven't broken it down, uh, you know, since it's early May to tell you, okay, this would be my number one, number two, number three, but he, he's been terrific. And, uh, you know, everything that the Cardinals need. And in recent years, as you guys know, one of their biggest problems has been production from the outfield. So to see him and O'Neill get off the good start this year, you feel like they have, they have a couple guys they can build on. So if you have O'Neill, who's gotten off to the good start, so has Harrison Bader since he's returned from the injury. We've talked Edmund. We've talked Carlson. You got Goldschmidt and Arenado Buster. From the outside perspective, and I know they haven't matched up with these teams yet, and the Cardinals will play the Padres this weekend, have they closed the gap a little bit on the Dodgers and Padres of being on that top tier in the in, major, in the National League? If they continue to pitch as well as they have, uh, I mean, you you know, you look at a guy like Kim, okay, uh, who you know we haven't really seen that much of him in the big leagues yet. But when you think about his first uh, five starts, he's allowed one home run and he's issued five walks, right? Wow. If you if you're going to you know have a chance to ascend into that upper echelon of the Dodgers and the Padres, you know that's the type of performance you need. You need Jack Flaherty to go toe to toe with a Walker Bueller, uh, you know, you Darvish. He certainly has shown the capability of doing that. And and again, I I go back to the trade deadline. You would assume it looks like because it's only a ten team playoff field this year that it's going to be a great buyer's market, and they're going to be teams. You know, the Cubs aren't going to be calling the Cardinals to make trades, but you know, the Cubs are going to be one of the teams selling. Uh, you would assume that a club like the Mariners will be selling, the Rangers will be selling. A lot of teams will be out there with players, and so if you're the Cardinals and you feel like you need a bullpen upgrade or an injury, you know, hits you in among the position players. 
they're going to be in a spot where they can add and they can uh, they can get better. Uh, I think in a way that the other National League Central teams won't. And it'll be interesting to see how aggressive they are. Hey, Buster, a big vote coming up with the city council in Oakland sometime this summer that could determine the fate of there. It's been so long since we've seen, well, we saw the Montreal Expos become the Washington Nationals, and uh, and, and, and that's it. But uh, could this be the writing on the wall where Major League Baseball is finally saying enough's enough and we may have to look at uh, at moving a franchise? Yeah, I think we got to think of the Oakland, uh, the city of Oakland in the athletics as being like a couple that's dated for 15 years. And one of them is saying, you know what, we need to get married or else we're moving on. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, that's kind of where they are. You guys remember that uh, Major League Baseball started a blue ribbon panel to study the Oakland ballpark situation in 2006. Okay, so this has been going on a long time. Um, and, and the practical reality of the matter is I would not want to be a politician in the state of California or any state right now, for that matter, asking taxpayers to fund, uh, uh, you know, publicly fund um, some sort of ballpark development. You know, some of the money is going to come from the athletics, but there's a lot of public money that they're asking for in the midst of a pandemic. That's really difficult. And behind the scenes and what's, you know, people have asked, you know, why is this conversation happening now? What's really going on is this Major League Baseball, the owners are absolutely ready to have the conversation about expansion teams, about adding two clubs, but they can't do that until they set up the athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays uh, beyond the current ballpark situations. So I think this is them saying, we're going to move this conversation along. If Oakland moves to uh, whether it's Las Vegas or Nashville or some other place, uh, then, then we can, at that point, uh, we'll probably begin to have the conversation about adding the two teams. Buster, before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the major story, and it's Albert Pujols. Uh, where do you see and do you see interest right now in Pujols, and is there a possibility this guy would be willing to accept a bench bat with the Cardinals? Well, and you asked the perfect question. You know, I've actually have felt like, you know, in sort of the casting of this whole conversation with the national media, I think everyone's being real polite. Um, he hasn't been a good player for the last few years. And the Angels actually, a couple years ago, internally in their front office, were having this conversation about, you know what, should we release Al, uh, Albert now? Um, you know, in this era, as you guys know, um, a, a lot of what's important is positional flexibility, you know, the ability to do a lot of different things. We were just talking about that, you know, with Amaro and Gonzalez, with Kike Hernandez. Albert doesn't have that. Um, you know, he's, he can't be a DH for any National League team because they don't have that possibility. You know, the other day I read a column where someone suggested the Cardinals would be a good fit. You're really going to carry Matt Carpenter and Albert Pools on the same roster? That seems like a stretch. Now, you know, maybe – uh, maybe there is going to be a team, but he absolutely would have to accept a lesser role. I mean, you guys remember when the Mariners traded Ichiro to the Yankees. Before that happened, Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, got on the phone with Ichiro and said, are you going to be okay with playing one or two days a week? Are you going to be okay, you know, maybe not getting very many plate appearances? And Ichiro embraced that. The indication that the Angels got from Albert when they met with him last week is that he wants to play every day. Buster, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to talk with you. Thank you so much for taking some time this afternoon and joining us, and good luck this, uh, this week throughout baseball. I appreciate it, guys. Always great to talk with you.